This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. Alright guys, welcome to Fantasy Football Intervention. This is part two of our preseason week two coverage. We're going to be doing a mock draft today. We're going to talk about a few other things like second year players. Going to have a little draft with that. Going to have some fun. Adam Bernstein is back with me. What's going on, man? How you doing? What up, what up, what up? And here we go, guys. We're going to get started with a 12-team PPR mock draft. Wahoo. All right, guys. So the draft's about to start here in a minute. I'm at spot number eight. We have Adam right here at spot number 11. So we wanted to draft a little bit closer to each other so we could talk about a few different players that we would take, see if one falls. You know, eighth is typically a little bit more difficult spot to take. Um, 11's right there on the bend. So how are you feeling about your draft spot? I'm kind of torn. I mean, I like the fact that you got the turn, but you're not back-to-back, so you got a little bit. Um, at that point, you kind of look at, if you're in the 11 spot, you look at number 12, kind of see what he's doing because you know he's going to be drafting back-to-back. And then you kind of feel what you're going to feel on your first pick um, as opposed to coming around two picks later or actually three picks later to get uh, your second pick in the next round. So I kind of like the, doing the mock drafts after pick five because the top four are pretty much a lock in every mock you everybody does. The top four is you know, Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey, Zeke. After that, it's kind of a crapshoot. Uh, this is a PPR draft that we're doing, so – you know, receivers may be going earlier in this draft than they were than they would be in others. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see at 11 uh, who, looking yeah. at probably one of the top receivers, uh, OBJ or Julio or Michael Thomas. Yeah, and don't forget we do have Nick Chubb who's rising up boards. We have Todd Gurley who's rising up boards. Right now we're drafting on ESPN. Uh, right now the ADP is saying Saquon Barkley number one, Christian McCaffrey number two, Alvin Kamara. Zeke, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Todd Gurley, and Melvin Gordon still in the top 12 for ESPN. Obviously, in most other leagues, Melvin Gordon is falling down the back of the draft board. Yeah, it's looking at Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott, it is a different situation than Le'Veon from last year. You know, Le'Veon was in the final year of his contract. He knew he had the availability to sit out and would then become an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Uh, Gordon and Elliott, in different circumstances, because they're both still under contract, that's going to cost them a whole lot of money to sit out. And then in Zeke's case, you know, he was a first-round draft pick. Uh, Gordon was as well. So they both of them, they had the fifth-year option. The, the, the team will have the fifth-year option. Um, so their situation is much different than Le'Veon. But, like I said before, I never thought that Le'Veon was going to sit out for an entire year, and he did. Yeah, it's uh, certainly going to have some people spooked this year when it comes to Gordon and Elliott and on their draft boards. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at what point are you willing to take Zeke? At what point are you willing to take Melvin Gordon? Obviously, you have to make that decision by yourself. You can't listen to other people and what they have to say unless they're actually spitting out facts, which is very, very rare when it comes to situations like this. 
typically there's not very much information coming out from either side because they want to hold all the leverage. They want to hold all the cards. So we'll see what happens in this draft, guys. Get excited for our first mock draft together here on Fantasy Football Intervention with Adam Bernstein. Wahoo. Yeah, get ready for football, guys. It is that time of year. We are starting up this mock draft like we talked about before. Um, typically for me, uh, I know that, that Adam's number one pick would be Saquon Barkley. My personal number one pick is Christian McCaffrey. There's just no risk with offensive line there, and their offense should be better as a whole. I just see more red zone opportunity. Saquon Barkley, obviously he's a beast. He breaks off these long runs, but you have to rely on those long runs in order to get the same fantasy value out of Saquon Barkley that you got last year. Yeah, it's. I think you can't go wrong with either one. Both of them are going to be huge producers this year. And when you, when you're looking at the the top of the board between Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, uh, and even Elliott, if Elliott shows up and they they figure out what they're going to do with the contract, I think uh, Elliott at that point then goes to the top of the board. Uh, but the draft has started. Uh, the first three picks off the board, as predicted, McCaffrey, Saquon, and Kamara. Well, Saquon went first, then McCaffrey, Kamara. Then Le'Veon actually gets taken at number four. Oh, that's crazy, man. I could never even consider Le'Veon at four. That offensive line is just too brutal. And it's an Adam Gase run system, which we know does not produce top fantasy options every year. David Johnson at five, and then Ezekiel falls to number six in this particular draft. Whew. Yeah, I mean, honestly, with Zeke, I could feel safe with taking him at six to an extent. Although you have to realize, like, hey, if you hit him at six, that's a, that's a gold mine. But if he does not hit at six, you're pretty much losing your league. So you're willing to take that gamble. That's got to be up to you as an individual. Looks so, like you are on the clock. I am. Uh, Devontae Adams got picked right before me. I'm looking at DeAndre Hopkins, who is my number one wide receiver, followed by Devontae Adams. Either one of those are win-win. Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon. Honestly, even with Todd Gurley um, and his... His injury, if you took away 25% of his production last year, he would still be running back number six. So three quarters of, of his production, and he missed a couple games too, you're still talking about a top-end option for running back. However, I have a rule for myself. When it comes to my first three rounds or even four rounds, I'm drafting as safe as possible, and there's nobody more safe at this point than DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins is by far the safest person on the board. He has at least 25% target share, Every single year since he's been in the league, he is one of the best options you could ask for when it comes to high-end upside along with a high floor as well. So you take Hopkins. Uh, Gurley goes after that with the number nine pick. Michael Thomas at number 10. So it puts me on the board uh, with my first pick in the 11 spot. This being a PPR league, normally I would go running back in the first round every time. Uh, this being a PPR league, I'm going to go ahead with the safe pick, as you said, uh, with Julio Jones. Yeah, and honestly, Julio Jones does have a ton of upside every single year he produces. But the crazy thing is, is his touchdowns aren't normally that high up. Honestly, I feel like one year has to break. Last year was obviously an upside year for him touchdown-wise. But it can only go up when it comes to Julio's stats, in my opinion, as long as he can stay healthy. You're back on for the turn. I'm back up. Yeah, the, so the two picks between my pick was Melvin Gordon and Tyreek Hill. So it's now back to me on the turn. And uh, I have to go running back in this one. And I talked about him last week. I love James Conner. I'm taking him over Joe Mixon here and Dalvin Cook. Uh, Conner did miss 
three games last year. I'm not worried about Jalen Samuels. I'm not worried about timeshare. It's one of the best offenses in the NFL. Roethlisberger always produces. I think Juju's poised for another big year. James Washington probably. But just that offensive line, that system, and Connor's just all-around good dude. So, you know, honestly, the only threat to him is going to be Jalen Samuels. You know, he has a little bit of an injury, injury history, but it's not that significant. James Conner will end up being a top 10 running back this upcoming year, hands down, and he is a safe pick. So right now, uh, I'm about to be up on the clock. Uh, there's one other guy drafting before me, but I'm looking at Joe Mixon, Odell Beckham, Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Diamond Cook, etc. I love Mike Evans at this place, and Juju Smith-Schuster is an absolute steal. However, there's one player... And we talk about ADPs and how much I normally hate ADPs, but I love this ADP because I think he's actually a first-round pick after Duke Johnson left. That's Nick Chubb. So if Nick Chubb, who is actually going ADP-wise, got in like the back half of maybe the, the or yeah, back half of the third round to the mid-fourth, that's just insane to me. That makes no sense whatsoever. I'm taking Nick Chubb this early because he's not going to make it back to me, and that's one of the guys that I actually extremely believe in this year. I think he has a lot of safety. I think he has a lot of potential, and there's no threat to his position whatsoever until week nine when Kareem Hunt returns, and even then he's still a better running back than Kareem Hunt. I totally agree with that. Love Nick Chubb. Had him in both leagues last year. When I went to the championship in both my leagues, and he was a big part of that, especially in the second half of the season when he took over the starting role. And, and you're right, there's no competition there. I think that's going to be another prolific offense. Obviously, you got Baker with uh, OBJ and Jarvis. Nick Chubb's going to have plenty of opportunities. I think it's a great pick there in the second round. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's no, no question for me. And, and that's why, like I said, you got to study the players. you got to know who you actually like, who you're going after. I have Nick Chubb still, I mean, definitely finishing as a top 10 running back with top five running back potential. I'm going Nick Chubb. I think he has a high floor and high ceiling. Uh, prior to me picking, though, Juju Smith-Schuster did come off the board. That was the one guy that I was extremely conflicted about between him and Nick Chubb. However, I already had DeAndre Hopkins, and I like a lot of these receivers in the fourth through sixth round. So that kind of saved me a little bit on going double wide receiver or no running back when it comes to draft strategy. So after your pick of Chubb, we got Joe Mixon, then AB, OBJ, Mike Evans, and Keenan Allen. So four receivers in a row. Somebody posted in the comments, why y'all sleeping on Beckham? So he's either a Browns fan or a Beckham fan. Middle, middle of the second round, I, I think, is, is he's, he's right, though. That's a steal, middle of the second round in a 12-team league for uh, OBJ. Yeah, I mean, the reality is, is the Browns are going to have a great defense. They're going to have a great offense. They're going to get up, and they're not going to need to pass. So they're just going to pound Chubb up in the middle. They're going to pound the Chubb up in the middle. Pound the Chubb. <laughs> pound the Chubb. Odell Beckham's volume is just not going to be there, in my opinion, this year. Yes, he's still going to produce. Yes, he's still going to be a top-10 wide receiver. But that's why he's sinking in a lot of drafts. So Leonard Fournette goes with the, the 11th pick of the second round. I actually like him there. But I've actually I've, I've been there. in some mocks that he has fallen to the fourth round somehow. Oh, uh, you got to grab him. Yes. Uh, Delvin Cook goes after him. Then T.Y. Hilton, Adam Thielen, Josh Jacobs. Josh Amari. Jacobs goes a little early for my taste. I, he's more of a late round third to an early round fourth for me. I think that he's going to have the volume and stuff. But I think people have been looking at rookie running backs as guaranteed yardage right off the bat no matter where the draft or anything along those lines I don't really see that as much in Oakland however I do think once again he's going to be in that tier three of running backs then Amari Cooper Julian Edelman a little high for Edelman for my taste I'm not a huge Edelman guy this year but he's going right there with the fifth pick of the third round 
after that great pick, uh, can't believe he fell all the way to the sixth pick of the third round, but on Johnson. Yeah, he's going a lot higher in a lot of drafts right now. Uh, on Johnson is definitely rising up. Don't get caught in that area. I prefer on Johnson right where he got drafted, primarily because the Lions are going to be losing, but they want to run the ball, obviously. So you're going to get guaranteed points. There's a very high floor, but the ceiling I don't think is as monstrous as a lot of other players from the same area. Now I'm up on the clock. First quarterback has been taken off the board. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, which is way too early for me. I'm not touching yeah. the quarterbacks of the fourth or fifth round. Same here. Love, love Mahomes. Helped me win a championship last year, but I'm not taking him in the third round when there's so many good quarterbacks that you can get in the sixth and seventh round. So I'm looking at uh, Zach Ertz, George Kittle, Brandon Cook, Stephon Diggs, Devonta Freeman, Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack, Aaron Jones. Uh, for me, I am close to the turn to an extent, so I could go tight end here. I could also go wide receiver if I'd like. I'm leaning more towards like an O.J. Howard or a Hunter Henry personally, so I'm going to wait on this tight end position. And I'm going to go with Marlon Mack just because I believe that he is safe. Obviously, Andrew Luck is hurt, but I don't think that actually hurts his his stock at all. I think Kobe Brissett's behind center when the season starts or throughout the entire season. He likes to run the ball. He likes to scramble, which is going to spread out the defense and allow four running lanes to open up a little bit for Marlon Mack. Now, I'm not saying he's better with Jacoby Brissett, but I don't believe he's worse with Jacoby Brissett. So the two picks I was looking at actually just went after your Marlon Mack pick. Uh, Devonta Freeman and Stefan Diggs, especially with this being a PPR. That's the two guys I was looking at. They're both gone now. So actually, I'm going to go with somebody else that helped me win a championship last year, and that's Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has, I believe, the highest yards per carry out of anybody in the NFL, or at least he's up there in that category. However, he never has fallen in line with the coaching staff and what they want to do. I don't know if it's because of durability or it's because the coaching staff just doesn't see the upside with Aaron Jones. So it's coming back to me on the turn, and I'm probably looking receiver here. So I would then have uh, two running backs, two receivers. According to ESPN, the top receivers is Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, Alshon Jeffrey, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett. Of all those guys, we just talked about them before we started recording, Chris Godwin. God, you got my guy, man. You got my guy. Chris Godwin could be the number one wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We have to follow that closely and see what happens because even Mike Evans said that he wasn't sure if he was the number one wide receiver if Chris Godwin was. And in the preseason, they went through Chris Godwin for design plays. And he actually got a touchdown, got a bunch of yardage on that first drive. I'm keeping a close eye on Chris Godwin because even though that was considered a reach, I was willing to do the same reach as well. It's a PPR league. Jameis Winston's going to throw for 4,000-plus yards. That's pretty much a guarantee. Uh, two things guaranteed. One, he's immature, and two, he throws for a lot of yardage. Absolutely. Uh, so with Adam Humphreys gone, I think that just ups Godwin even more, especially in the PPR league. Uh, so after my pick was then Derrick Henry. And then, interesting enough, and I love George Kittle, but George Kittle actually goes before Zach Ertz in this mock. Yeah, and Zach Ertz, uh, once again, man, I have a tough time not picking him here. I mean, I'm in the fourth round right now midway through it, and Zach Ertz is still on the board. It's extremely tough for me not to pick him, but I'm going to hold out for O.J. Howard. I have Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, Alshon Jeffrey as my options, and then Chris Carson. I already have two running backs, and I really, really love Chris Carson. In this draft, he's supposed to get more passing work, and I like a lot of the later receivers. So do I want my flex position and my insurance to be with Chris Carson, or do I want to take a, a shot and be safe like we talked about? Uh, wide receiver wise and I'm gonna go ahead and go with 
Brandon Cooks, even though this was a really, really close call between him and Chris Carson. I'm taking Brandon Cooks because he has put up over 1,000 yards with three different teams over the past three years. His first opportunity to be with the same team for multiple seasons. Brandon Cooks could end up putting up even more yardage and more points than he did last year, and he's on the field for the majority of plays. I'm going to take Brandon Cooks. I think it's a safe pick, has upside, and now I still have my flex position open instead of locking out the running backs for any more opportunities just in case somebody falls to me that I really like in these fifth through ninth rounds. It's, I think you're, it's a great pick there. I've always been a huge Brandon Cooks fan. I've had him in multiple leagues throughout the years. Uh, I like him better than Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, especially in a PPR format. Yeah, and honestly, if I didn't have two running backs already, I would have gone Chris Carson in a heartbeat. It wouldn't even been a question. I just wanted to keep that flex position open so that way I'm not completely locked into three running backs every single week that I know that I'm going to go with. I know that sounds like you know something that you want, but I also want upside in my flex position. I'll find those in rounds five through round seven. So after me, Zacherts went off the board immediately, and obviously Zacherts was a little bit of a difficult option for me not to take, especially with the way that my roster was shaking out. But I'm still looking at the potential of O.J. Howard and Hunter Henry being back-to-back, -back, you know, right around where I'm supposed to pick the next round. Hopefully neither one of those go off the board. Right, so you took Cooks and then Ertz, and your man Carson goes immediately after that. Then Robert Woods, Kenny Galladay. Mark Ingram. I think it thought that I cussed. And it took me off. I can't type anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so Chase just got banned from the ESPN chat room on our mock. I just put that was a tough one not to take, and I think it thought that I cussed, or maybe I didn't. I didn't realize it. And now I can't type. I can't be part of the conversation for the rest of the league. Nice. So rounding out the fourth round, Mark Ingram, Cooper Cup, Alshon Jeffrey, the final three picks of the fourth round. First pick of the fifth round, James White. Oh, God, I'm in a tough spot again, man. I can reach. Two New England Patriot running backs back-to-back. -back. James White, then Sonny Michelle. Then Jar Jarvis Landry, Kenyon Drake, A.J. Green, Evan Ingram, Tyler Lockett. I'm up on the clock, and this is a tough one for me because I'm a huge Mike Williams fan. Huge Mike Williams fan. I think he's going to produce the same way he did, but I do need a tight end. I'm going Mike Williams, though. I love this guy this year. I think he's going to end up finishing up as the Chargers' number one wide receiver, and he showed it in preseason. He made the same exact catch that he was making all season last year. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Mike Evans. Uh, you're a huge fan of Mike Evans and God, Mike Williams. I, I'm a huge fan of Mike Williams. God, what the hell? This is so Chase, for some reason, loves calling Mike Williams Mike Evans and Mike Evans Mike Williams. Oh, Maybe man, one. I have to edit it every time. It's a pain in the ass. After Mike Williams, it's going to be Tariq Cohen. Then my man, Philip Lindsay, with the 10th pick of the fifth round. I love Philip Lindsay, but it's just so many unknowns with uh, Royce Freeman. They're loving Royce Freeman in camp again this year. They want to get him more involved. That puts me on the board, and the guy that I was looking at is still there, and I'm taking DJ Moore. Yeah, DJ Moore is going to be the starting wide receiver for Carolina this upcoming season. Obviously, Cam Newton, well, not obviously, but hopefully Cam Newton Will be healthy this year. Obviously, he had a shoulder injury last year. If he is healthy, DJ Moore has huge upside. They're not going to be able to double cover him because they do have Curtis Samuel, Ian Thomas, Greg Olson, and of course, CMC. It's going to be difficult for the defense to cover the whole field. DJ Moore has a lot of upside this upcoming season. Calvin Ridley is followed up, and it looks like I might possibly be able to snag a tight end. Unless I take a tight end. God, I just thought about that as you were about to pick. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Um, yeah, 
guys, if you're drafting with other people, don't give away your draft strategy throughout the, uh, you know, throughout the draft unless you're obviously doing a podcast. So, oh, OJ Howard goes right there. So. Oh, there goes OJ Howard, and the only tight end that's in this range is going to be Hunter Henry, with Adam up on the board, <laughs> and that dick just took Hunter Henry. Oh, that's actually who I was looking at without you even saying anything. Uh, I had him a couple of years ago before he got hurt. Uh, he produced for me. Obviously, last year he was hurt. I'm expecting him to have a nice bounce back year. Phillip Rivers always throwing for 4,000-plus yards, just like Jameis Winston. Those two guys put up a lot of yardage. Uh, so O.J. Howard and Hunter Henry, both uh, tight ends that are hoping to get into the 1,000-yard range. And sorry I stole your guy. Hey, it happens, man. It happens. So I'm looking at like Sammy Watkins, Allen Robinson, Stanley Shepard, Lamar Miller, the starting running back for Houston, although we are going to be curious about how his third down work goes with Duke Johnson there. Um, Miles Sanders, Tevin Coleman, who has some huge news coming out with Jerry McKinnon being out for at least six weeks. Austin Eckler, who right now is a starting running back for the Chargers. Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers. I'm thinking Aaron Rodgers probably going to go first out of the group because so many homers do go with him first. And I think John Deshaun Watson is the number one pick. I'm going to hope he slides back to me in the next round. However, I'm going to have to, and I, the whole entire offseason, I've been preaching about how I don't like the 49er backfield. Yeah, and I'm going to need a, I'm going to need a backup running back. So I'm going to go Lamar Miller in this. Hopefully, Duke Johnson doesn't take away too much work. He still has produced to an extent. I'm going to go with a safer pick, even though that's typically I go upside in these rounds. I just didn't see anybody that I wanted to take at that point. Unfortunately, Deshaun Watson goes two picks after me, which was who was hoping to sink back to me. And now we're probably going to see a run on quarterbacks. And now we're gonna, yeah, that's pretty much going to set it off which for a run on quarterbacks. Which is probably where the 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 running back should there be taken here. We're Deshaun, in the, Christian yeah, Kirk, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, you. Andrew Luck. Man, I mean, considering those were all auto picks, so so that's understandable. And and I don't normally take a quarterback until about round ten. Well, the other tight end I was going to tell you about just got to take it too. That's Jared yeah, Cook. And Jared Actually, Cook, love Jared Cook this year with the New Orleans offense. The thing was, was Drew Brees still targeted his tight end a decent amount, but they always drop passes. I mean, I'll never forget the pass in the end zone. Perfect pass. Hit him right in the hands. Dropped it. I think Drew Brees wants that tight end again that he can rely on since Jimmy Graham, and he just hasn't had it. So we have our quarterback run to Sean Watson. Then Christian Kirk slides in there. Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck, Allen Robinson, Sterling Shepard. It was auto pick, but it's, I think it's a little high on him. Absolutely, beginning way too beginning the seventh round. Sterling Shepard, Jared Cook, Miles Sanders, Tevin Coleman, Royce Freeman, D.D. Westbrook, Austin Eckler, and now it's to you with your first pick in the seventh round at pick number eight. Robbie Anderson's an option here, but he has the fourth hardest schedule uh, among wide receivers this year, so I'm not really leaning towards Robbie Anderson. Will Fuller is too injury prone for me to take him this early. Dante Pettis is having questions about whether he's the starting. Wide receiver not. Corey Davis, I will not touch with a 10-foot pole. God, these two rounds in ESPN leagues are not easy. They're not friendly. Now, do I use a handcuff option? That's my biggest question because I could do Duke Johnson with Lamar Miller back-to-back, and honestly, that wouldn't be a bad pick. Or do I take Rashad Penny, who has more of a upside potential if Chris Carson does get hurt? Because Chris Carson in the past has had injury history to an extent. I feel like I'm going to have to go Rashad Penny, but that's barely, barely, barely over... Duke Johnson. The other one that I was considering there was would be uh, Latavius Murray, who is stepping into the Mark Ingram role, and that typically produces as well. Cam Newton goes right after that. So Ooh. all the quarterbacks just running off the board at this point. 
But with Cam my... Newton, I don't think Cam Newton is, is that bad of a pick in the seventh round. Not at all. I'm trying to see if he if he falls because I think his ADP is sitting around the eighth or ninth round. If you think that he's somebody that's going to pop this year and get back to his old form, you got to go Cam Newton. So now I'm on the board. I've already got two running backs, got two wide receivers and a tight end. My auto pick would be Wolf Fuller. Tons of talent, but also tons of injury history. Makes me nervous. You already covered some of these other guys. Dante Pettis worries me. Corey Davis worries me. Emmanuel Sanders is actually not a bad pick here in the seventh round because he's a PPR monster. It's crazy. He had an Achilles injury, but the reports are he will be ready for week one. That's definitely something I'm looking at right now. I think I'm going to take a flyer and take a risk, though. Going with Sean McCoy. It's the seventh round, so it's not that big of a gamble. He's still a starting running back. You know, if if he is healthy and is fed the ball like he has been in years past, it could be a, a steal. Yeah, I mean, LeSean McCoy obviously has threats with, you know, Frank Gore and Devin Singletary like we were talking about. But, I mean, like he said, it's a starting running back for an NFL team with a running quarterback. The lanes could be there. LeSean McCoy has upside to be a top 24 running back. I don't see him that far out unless he ends up getting supplanted by another running back. However, he has the upside to also get traded to another team because the Bills might not want to hold on to his contract. At that point, if he goes to somebody like Tampa Bay, he's a guaranteed top 20 option in PPR or non-PPR leagues. We're at the turn right now for round 7 to 8. We have Will Fuller that goes off the board after LaShawn McCoy. And then Emmanuel Sanders, who is reported to actually be healthy oh. after his Achilles injury, which is insane. I mean, I don't know how that's possible. That was my pick. That was going to be my one homer pick of this draft. I was, I thought for sure Emmanuel Sanders would still be there. That's why I went with LaShawn McCoy. But he's not, so now I have to reevaluate and see what I'm going to do. So since Emmanuel Sanders isn't there, I'm going to go with my other homer pick, and that's Cortland Sutton. Yeah, Cortland Sutton, I don't think that he's in the right system to necessarily succeed with Joe Flacco, but he does have the upside because he is the number one wide receiver for Denver, and you're getting a number one wide receiver in the eighth round. I don't think you can go wrong with that. Now, I love Curtis Samuel, and I love Kiki Kuti. Those are both top-end options for me, but I need a tight end, and I need a quarterback. So, I dro- so do I draft talent, or do I draft need? I like Curtis Samuel, too, but I'd already taken DJ Moore. So that's why I went with Cortland Sutton with my pick there. Yeah, and I already have DeAndre Hopkins. Kiki Kuti has standalone value regardless. But if Hopkins gets hurt, then Kiki Kuti automatically becomes the number one wide receiver for the Texans in a high-powered offense. But I can also see myself taking Vance McDonald, who know, who now has vacated targets all over the place, including no other backup tight ends. And then we also have David Njoku, Delaney Walker, but Baker Mayfield, who showed out tremendously, is still on the board. But I have my sights on another quarterback, so I'm going to go with Kiki Kuti, who has value as standalone, but then tremendous value if somebody does get hurt that I already have on my team. Bold strategy, Cotton, going with two wide receivers from the same team. Yeah, typically you don't pair those two together, but with such a high-powered offense, you see a lot of upside from that pick. And now since this is auto-draft, they're running through, trying to keep up. <laughs> yeah, we're, so there, it's a lot of auto-draft people. Like, There's not going to be very much opportunity to talk about who got drafted. How, so we'll pick a few different players out, like Baker Mayfield got drafted about five spots prior to my pick now, so he didn't make it back to me. You're going to be in a world of hurt on tight end because Vance McDonald yep, and Njoku both go, they, along they, with Delaney Walker. And now Andrew Luck is a, is a creature of habit. Uh, typically we've seen very similar stuff from him year, year after year, including tight end targets. 
including you know T.Y. Hilton being his go-to guy. So Eric Ebron is definitely on an option for me at this point. Dak Prescott, who finished up as a top 10 quarterback in the last, after they got Amari Cooper last year, is a target. Kyler Murray could be a target along with Jared Goff, who both those guys have tremendous potential. Michael Gallup, who's the number two wide receiver for Dallas, but I think I'm, I might not be set on wide receiver, but I'm very comfortable on wide receiver. And then James Washington, who had a monster week last week in the first week of preseason, is still there. I think I'm going to have to go with Eric Ebron just to try and sure up my tight end and stop the bleeding as quickly as possible. Not a lot of tight end options at this point. Uh, in round nine, there was just like they had a run of quarterbacks, they had a run of tight ends. And Eric Ebron did phenomenal last year, but it's remained to be seen if he's going to duplicate that uh, production this year. So I think here I'm going to be looking at quarterback. Once again, you try to look at the future. The guy that's picking after me in the, in the turn does not have a quarterback, so that means I need to get one here. So the top quarterback options, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger. There are injury concerns there, but when healthy, the guy is an absolute fantasy monster, MVP candidate. I'm going with Carson Wentz. And then I'll have to look at a uh, another quarterback in the later rounds uh, to backfill him just in case the injury history does resurface. Uh, but I'm very comfortable taking Carson Wentz with the 11th pick of the ninth round. Yeah, that, that's pretty risky, especially with the injury history like we talked about. However, before he got hurt, he was on track for an MVP season. Kyler Murray taken right after that. I believe we have three or four open spots for quarterback. Uh, I, I might be the fourth one, so I do have to keep an eye on that on this upcoming pick. But my guy that I'm looking at, I can say now because he took his player, is Jameis Winston. Fact. So Jameis Winston isn't getting picked until the teen round. I'm comfortable waiting to see if there's another quarterback run before I actually go for a quarterback. I could still go with somebody like Dak Prescott. I could still go with somebody like Jared Goff. I could still go with somebody like Lamar Jackson. So you're back up on the clock after the turn. I love the fact that uh, it was it was an auto pick, but I knew that guy was going to be taking quarterback. So he goes with Kyler Murray. The first pick of the 10th round with the Bears defense, I love the fact that it's auto pick. But I have to look uh, wide receiver here to, to add some more depth to my wide receivers. It's funny because the top two are actually both Steelers with Dante Moncrief and James Washington. But I'm actually going to go out on, and I'm taking Devin Funches here. Colts have a dynamic offense. Uh, Devin Funches did produce in Carolina. Uh, if he works out in the Indianapolis system, you know, Frank Reich's, uh, Andrew Luck's system, they're, they're going to be putting up a lot of yardage. And so my pick there is Devin Funches. Yeah, and Devin Funches obviously has like that upside that you talked about. Following him was Drew Brees and Dante Moncrief. So I am up again. And I saw a few different players that I like. James Washington, I, if he has another monster preseason game, I would be taking James Washington right here, but I need to see a little more. And then Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez-Scantley, we still don't know who's going to come out on top and get in those majority snaps when there's two wide receivers on the field. I've been leaning Marquez Valdez-Scantley, and I would typically take him here. And so that's what I'm going to do. There's one other player that I'm considering. We're going to see if he's going to fall to me in the next, uh, in the next round. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you are mine. Get over here. Oh, MVS. Then James Washington, Geronimo Allison, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Jackson. Did you say Dick Prescott? I said Dak. I think you said Dick Prescott. Maybe he goes by Richard. <laughs> Excuse me, Dakota Prescott, Deshaun Jackson, Ben Roethlisberger. Quarterbacks are running off the board, and you never got one. Lamar Jackson just went... 
Um, but still, like I said, I mean, I'm waiting for my one guy. I'm still okay with this. And the guy that I was waiting for fell to me. I'm taking Jamison Crowder, who's going to be a focal point in this Jets offense. I love Jamison Crowder going this late to me. Yeah, definitely. In the 11th round, I think you're getting volume, especially PPR. And I'm already back up on the clock. I need a running back here for some depth. Uh, the, the two I'm looking at, Devin Singletary with the Bills, because I have LaShawn McCoy or Kalen Balage. We talked about Balage last week on our, on our last uh, podcast, how much I liked him over Drake. And then Drake actually just got dinged up. It was announced. I uh, don't think he's going to be missing a lot of time. But because of that, I'm actually going with Kalen Balaj because I think he's going to be getting more carries than Kenyon Drake. And at this point, it's just depth and kind of taking flyers in the 11th round. Yeah, I like Caleb Blash there. I mean, if he's the starting running back for Miami, they're obviously going to run the ball once Josh Rosen takes over, which is pretty much inevitable unless they come out of the gates just, you know, blasting. I like the Caleb Blash pick this late. Even if he isn't in a timeshare, there's still going to be value there, especially on certain weeks. And it's already back to me. And then I just mentioned him, so I'm going to go ahead and take him now and handcuff LaShawn McCoy with Devin Singletary. I think Devin Singletary's the best pick so far for you. Very nice. And, I mean, the other options here would obviously be like Tyrell Williams, Anthony Miller, Sean Hamilton, Keel Harry, Paris Campbell, who, who I loved prior to all this news with Andrew Luck and prior to his own injury. Tyrell Williams, who showed that he can play with the Chargers last year, is now without a timeshare being the number two wide receiver in Oakland, potentially number one wide receiver, depending on how Antonio Brown's feet go. Obviously, Antonio Brown is still playing. He says that he's feeling all right. And that whole helmet situation is out the window. Anthony Miller, who is arguably the number one wide receiver for the Bears. We have uh, Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson. Two elite Miami Dolphin wide receivers right there. Elite, like top end wide receiver threes. <laughs> so right now I have to be looking at quarterbacks. Um, this is a, what, a 15 round mock draft. We're in round 12. I know who, or 16 round mock draft. We're in round 12. I know who I'm going to take later, but I'm going to stop playing this game because he is the third ranked quarterback on the board. I'm taking Jameis Winston. It is a little bit of a reach. I didn't really see anybody else that I really needed to have, and I'm saving my pick uh, later in these rounds for a couple players that I really believe in as Flyers. I wanted to save it because I, I wanted to talk about Flyers as well. He definitely would have been my backup quarterback since I took Carson Wentz. I'm going to be taking another quarterback in this mock. I was looking at Winston as well. Well, you love Lamar Jackson, right? I do not love Lamar Jackson. <laughs> From a fantasy standpoint, though, it's not bad. Because uh, he's going to be get rushing yards, and rushing quarterbacks equal fantasy gold. 100%. Uh, so I'm back up on the board. I got Nikhil Harry, Sean Hamilton, Greg Olson, who I'm not touching. Paris Campbell. Oh, you man. Love, you love you some Paris Campbell. I do love some Paris Campbell, but I'm going to stay away from him just because of the situation that he's in right now. I could go kicker. I could go defense just to uh, sure up those two positions so I can talk about late-round flyers, which is what I think I'm going to do. I'm just going to go ahead and snag a defense or a kicker right here this is not somewhere where i'd normally take a defense or a kicker but i just want to be able to discuss like i said players later in this draft i'm gonna go browns i think the browns are gonna have a significantly better defense yes they're gonna be up in a lot of games so it's gonna have pressure on them but they have excellent cornerbacks they have an excellent defensive line their linebackers are being shored up slowly but surely i think that the browns are worth a pick for your defense late in the drafts if you miss out on this first few but you have to keep in mind over the past 10 years there's only been one defense that have finished as the number one ranked defense that got drafted in the top 10 picks. Yeah, I, I 
every single draft I've ever been in, ever, I've always gone defense with the 15th round, kicker with the 16th round, and I just take whichever one is the top on the board at the time because never once have I drafted a defense and kicker and finished the season with said defense and kicker. Yeah, I'm normally floating as well. Yeah, it's especially with defenses. Um, I'm a big fan, big believer of streaming defenses and streaming kickers. But I understand what you're doing there just to uh, go ahead and get it out of the way. That way we can talk about some people. And I can't take Lamar Jackson out because he just got drafted. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson has a ton of upside potential if he ends up coming out to be the player that they're saying he's going to be. You are on the clock, sir. All right, so I need to look at my backup quarterback here. And somebody is actually undervalued that I love in fantasy, don't love in real I life. I know who you're going with. Phillip Rivers. Oh, I was going. I thought you were going with Kirk Cousins. No, Kirk Cousins, not only, I did have Kirk Cousins last year, uh, but I think from a fantasy standpoint, Phillip Rivers produces. Um, like I said, as a Broncos fan, I can't be a Phillip Rivers fan. Uh, but in fantasy, the guy, he's just undervalued every year. He's consistent. And like I said, I've already got Carson Wentz, so to double him up with Phillip Rivers, I feel great with both of them. Because one thing about it is Phillip Rivers doesn't get hurt. He does play every game. So if Wentz isn't healthy, I'm comfortable uh, hanging on to Rivers. And I think He also has upside, uh, matchup, upside matchups with Kansas City and with the Raiders as well. So I've got my two quarterbacks out of the way. i got my, my roster's pretty much well-rounded, uh, back up on the clock. At this point, I know I have to have a kicker. I have to have a defense. I'll go ahead and do what you did and take a defense here to get it out of the way and then prepare for uh, – Damn, you're not taking your boy, Deshaun? Well, I've already got Cortland Sutton. Yeah, but you could have Deshaun Hamilton too. That's I'm not two like Broncos. You. I'm not like you. I don't <laughs> draft two wide receivers from the same team. Yeah, no, that's tough, like I, like I said earlier. But I will do another homer pick here. Uh Take the Broncos defense because of the, the sack numbers that are going to be coming from Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller. Their defense is going to be producing. But once again, I'm going to be streaming defenses. Hey, I'll tell you what. But they do start the season with the Oakland Raiders. So that's another thing. If you want to look at defenses, look at who, which defenses play weak teams on week one. And that's another Yeah, that's one way at. to draft defenses, of course. That's, that's uh, definitely one way that a lot of experts end up drafting is if they draft defenses like last, they draft the defense that has a whore, or who has awesome matchups of the first week, two weeks, three weeks, and then they stream after that. But I'll tell you what, I'm on the clock, but I want to offer you a trade. I have Jameis Winston, you have Phillip Rivers. So I'll go ahead and do you the favor and give you Mike Williams, and you can give me Chris Godwin. Is it Mike Williams or Mike Evans? <laughs> it's Mike Williams. <laughs> I'm good. I oh, think I'm holding on to Chris Godwin. Thought I had you. Thought I had you. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and take a kicker now. Uh, once again, I want to save my last uh, two picks for a flyer. So I'm looking at Kevin Fairbairn, which is an awesome pick because he's on Houston's offense, and I think they're going to be prolific. I had him last year. He was fantastic. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with uh, Kevin Fairbairn, but Adam Vinteri wouldn't be a bad pick here. And most likely Matt, uh, Mike Bagley wouldn't be bad either, but I'm going Kevin Fairbairn hands down. So I'm up in the clock uh, real quick while I figure this out. I've got Giovanni Bernard, Jalen Samuels, Chris Thompson, Mike Davis, Andy Isabella, A.J. Brown. Uh, late round flyer wise, because I took everybody that wanted to take Giovanni Bernard. They're going to use him all over the offense. Joe Mixon has a history of getting injured from time to time. Jalen Samuels, who your Adam could end up taking as a handcuff, so I'm going to go ahead and steal him. I'm going Jalen Samuels. That actually was going to be my pick. Uh, late round flyer slash handcuff. Yeah, I mean they're going to use him in the passing game. He's going to get snaps. He's going to be relevant, even though James Conner is going to be the bell cow. They 
Talked about using him in the slot as well. We'll see if that happens, especially with James Washington stepping up last game. Once again, Adam's up on the clock. So since you took my guy, I'm looking at Mike Davis. He's the top-ranked flex player right now. Not a bad option because a lot of reports saying that he is the top guy. But when you're in late rounds, you can win your league in late rounds, sometimes taking a gamble. Mike Davis will be the safe pick, but I'm taking your man crush. Justice Hill, no! The, this guy, Justice Hill, has been a late round flyer for me this entire time. However, this week, I'm not picking him because I have a man crush on somebody else. So let's see if you can figure that one out, buddy. I would say Paris Campbell. Nah, he's already gone. Oh, is he? And I told, like I said, I mean, Andrew Luck's situation, Paris Campbell's injury, I'm not... Oh, I have to. Or they're they're, kind of they're forcing me to take a kicker here because it's my final pick. Oh, bummer. Because it doesn't really matter. It's mock. Take a Brandon McManus just yeah, to fill up my roster. Kicker, whatever. And hey, if you're in leagues that has a kick, I recommend you talk to the commissioner and tell him to get rid of kicker and just put an extra flex position. It's way more fun. It's you know less of a lottery chance. Like you actually have to do some research for it, and you don't have to watch a guy kick a ball. So my last pick of this official mock draft is going to be a guy that I'm just nonstop. Talking about time after time after time, um, ever since this past preseason game. And that's going to be Preston Williams, 6'5", 211 pounds, hands like an animal. Would have been a, a top-end draft pick in the actual NFL draft. However, he had history for off-the-field issues. I'm taking Preston Williams, four catches, 97 yards, one touchdown, my newest man crush in the NFL for fantasy football, guys. And that prolific Miami Dolphins offense. That prolific Miami Dolphins offense so that's gonna wrap it up we're gonna sit there and go through our teams real quick just talk about who we draft just to give you guys a recap if y'all want to leave comments you know ask questions why we didn't pick certain players at certain positions please do that please leave those comments please leave those messages and then uh, i want to see a vote on who actually did better so you want to read off your team first sure uh, my top pick julio jones then james connor aaron jones doubling up on running backs chris godwin dj moore Hunter Henry, LaShawn McCoy, Cortland Sutton, Carson Wentz is my quarterback. Later rounds, I took Phillip Rivers to back him up. Got Devin Funches, Kalen Balage, Devin Singletary, Justice Hill. Got a lot of young running backs. Any of them could pop. They could flop. I'm hoping they pop. And then, just because it's a mock draft and I'm a homer uh, with the Broncos defense and Brandon McManus as the kicker, my draft is complete, and they gave me the first-round gold trophy over here. Did you get that? Oh, I haven't checked it yet. I got to see first. So for me, I have, uh, I've got DeAndre Hopkins started out, and then I paired him up with Nick Chubb, Marlon Mack, and then put Brandon Cooks on the outside as well with Mike Williams being my flex position. Lamar Miller and Rashad Penny are my two backup running backs. And then Kiki Kuti, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, Jamison Crowder are my backup wide receivers. All three of those guys have tremendous upside. Eric Ebron was my tight end. Jamis Winston was my quarterback with a Browns defense and Kaim Fairbain as my kicker. And then my two late-round flyers are going to be Jalen Samuels, who is a handcuff with upside. But more than that is he still has fantasy relevance as a backup. And then Preston Williams, who had a monster preseason week one. I'm definitely going to keep an eye on him to see if he can continue that and see if he's going to be a part of my uh, fantasy team so far in this NFL season. Get excited, guys. Woo! That was fun. All right. So on to our next topic, guys. We're going to be talking a little... Oh, I got a gold trophy, too, man. Check that out. Oh, so they're just... Who won? Oh, they're, they're, it's they're, just participation trophies. Everybody gets a trophy. Yeah, everybody gets a trophy. Yeah, I, guess they, <laughs> I guess they don't do report cards on this one. Oh, I'm yeah, going to no. go ahead and give myself an A. 
Uh, I got an A plus, so I beat you. Oh, okay. um, we'll do a draft wizard. Because you got one. a Miami Dolphins wide receiver and two wide receivers on the same team, you definitely got an A plus. Uh, hey, hey, it's not only insurance, <laughs> but it's also upside. The one thing we didn't look into that much was going to be bye weeks. I don't really pay too much attention to that when it comes to drafting. I, ne- I never pay attention to buys unless it's if I do wind up drafting two quarterbacks. I do look to see if those two quarterbacks have the same bye week. Outside of that, I don't pay attention because as soon as you know you. You're looking at week two and week three, or week one, two, and three, on the waivers, uh, and you you got injuries, you got depth charts that that fluctuate, uh, so don't really worry about bye weeks, especially with your running backs, your wide receivers, because it's it's going to work out for you. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. We're going to go ahead and hop on to our next topic, guys. Our next topic is going to be players that we believe are going to make the jump in year two of their careers, and we're going to do this is pretty much going to be a full-on draft episode. We're just going to do another draft of these players, and we're going to see who we're going to take as our top options. We're just going to alternate. We're going to do uh, one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers total. There's not going to be any kind of designation of, hey, you have to take quarterback here, you have to take running back here. We're just going to go with who we think is the best player. Once again, we want to see votes on this. We want to see who did better. We want comments, questions, why we didn't include certain players. And we're not going to be including our top end guys. So anybody that might be drafted in the top three rounds, we're not going to include in this actual draft. Yes, that's going to eliminate Saquon Barkley, on Johnson, and Nick Chubb because they're going in the first three rounds of every draft. So we're taking those three guys out. So we're looking at there's five different quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen. Running backs, Philip Lindsay, uh, Royce Freeman, Darius Geis, Rashad Penny, Sonny Michelle, Kalen Balazs, Ronald Jones. Wide receivers, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton. Deshaun Hamilton, Terrequan Smith, Michael Gallup, Kiki Kuti, James Washington, Dante Pettis, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Anthony Miller, Deion Kane, DJ Shark, Antonio Callaway as all the second-year players in a segment that I like to call, Who's the Next Juju? Who is the next Juju? Yeah, my favorite thing to do. So, if you take Kiki Kuti, D.D. Westbrook, and Juju Smith-Schuster, and you think about the Mario, like, dungeon song. Kiki, dee dee, juju. Kiki, dee dee, juju. Alliteration aside, let's get to drafting. Kiki, dee dee, juju. <laughs> Kiki, dee dee, juju. Kiki, dee dee, juju, juju. It's a lot of alliteration. So, now that I have this all stuck in your head, let's go ahead and get started with this upcoming segment. Who's the next juju? I just like, I was sitting there one day and I just started doing it and I, for some reason, used the Mario Dungeon song from Nintendo. Nice. Alright, so, go on, you got the first pick in this draft. We're going to start it off. So, you're up. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, I always like to go running back in every draft that I ever do, so in the second year uh, player draft, I might as well go running back as well. And I'm going to try Darius Geis and hope that he's healthy. If he's healthy, he will be the top option with the Washington Redskins. Adrian Peterson's still there, obviously, but uh, at this point he's about 42 years old, about the same age as I am. Of course, he's in a little bit better shape than I am. Uh, but I think Geis, healthy, AP might be his final year in the NFL. Yeah, and Geis has tremendous breakout potential. For me, I don't think it's happening this year. Um, he's still not even cleared to play. It came out yesterday. They're not sure when he's actually going to be cleared, but 
they're probably going to try and get him into the preseason. We'll see what happens. I just I think that Adrian Peterson is a huge buy right now that people are not taking advantage of because who knows when Darius Geis is going to be back to 100% and able to handle the workload. So my first pick, I'm actually going to go wide receiver with my first pick. Uh, he's a starting wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Their number one overall option. And if he can get all the stuff together along with Cam Newton being healthy, I'm taking DJ Moore with my first overall pick in this second-year player draft. Solid pick there. I think he's poised for a big year. Uh, Cam Newton always putting up numbers, and he is going to be the number one option this year in that Carolina Panthers offense. So I think that's a great pick right there. So he's going to be sending it back to me, and I'm going to kind of go against my rules and take a quarterback early only because we're limited with the number of quarterbacks in this draft. There's only five of them, and one guy for me is just so much better than the other five, and that's Baker Mayfield. Yeah, honestly, Baker Mayfield is by far the, the best player on this whole entire board. Um, I sat there and thought about taking him, but like we talked about, you know, we don't typically take quarterbacks early, but with this type of draft, it was definitely worth it for you. Um, Sam Darnold has a lot of upside potential, and you guys know about my love for Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to go ahead and wait on quarterback because now I can wait until pretty much my last pick to take one. I'm going to go ahead and hop on a running back right now. And I'm going to go ahead and go with Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michelle is the number one running back for the Patriots. He is their bell cow back and he finished out the season last year in the playoffs with tremendous, tremendous upside. They show that they can lean on him and he showed that he can produce. So I'm going to go Sonny Michelle with this pick. So now both of us have banged up running backs. We sure do. I mean, honestly, out of all these running backs that are on the board, I think the only healthy one that was healthy the entire year was Caleb Lodge and Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman was not healthy all last year, though. He, uh, that's part of the reason why Phil Lindsay got such a huge uh, share load. Through the first half of the season, oh, that's right. Freeman was not really healthy. It wasn't, it wasn't vastly reported, but as a Broncos insider, uh, I could tell you he wasn't healthy. Oh, uh, Ronald Jones was healthy the entire year. Yeah, he just didn't. He didn't perform. <laughs> you know, in like the I, I want to say his last four games, he had more tackles than he did rushing yards. Yeah, that's great for fantasy if you're an IDP. <laughs> yeah, I think James Winston threw back. an interception. <laughs> he had like negative one yards or something like that, and James Winston threw an interception, so he got a tackle on a play. So that comes back to me, and I'm going to have to go wide receiver because I've already got a running back, already got a quarterback, and the one wide receiver that I'm looking at may not be one that jumps off off the page, but from an offensive standpoint, you can't go wrong with the New Orleans Saints offense, and I'm taking Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith is a, is a huge piece right here. I was actually considered taking him with my last pick, but I wanted to grab a running back that is a top-end guy. Unfortunately, Traquan Smith did not fall to me in the next round, so I am going to go with a wide receiver on this next pick. And between two different players, I'm going to have to go with Kiki Kuti, you guys know my, my love for him and that dynamic offense. Uh, I know he he has a slight injury history, but his injury history is primarily based off the same injury that he kept on getting or re-aggravating, which was his hamstring last year. And hamstring injuries tend to linger. So this year, it's not bothering him at all. He did have a minor injury, so hopefully they keep him out of the preseason and give him a chance to heal. But if Kiki Kuti is healthy this entire year, he's going to finish up as a top 24 wide receiver. He had more targets than DeAndre Hopkins did last year when they played the same amount of games. And especially, he'll be the number three receiver going into week one behind Will Fuller, but Will Fuller is probably not going to play all 16 games. Well, the thing is with Kiki Kuti is he actually had way more targets than Will Fuller. Like, they, that was complete trumped. He had more fantasy points, but he had, I mean, he even beat out uh, DeAndre Hopkins. 
So I think that, that there it's not really based off who's number one, who's number two, who's number three, because they play so many different three wide receiver sets. They typically never use fullbacks or you know double tight end sets because they just don't have any talent there. All right, so coming back to me, I'm going to go running back in this round because they're so limited on the options. We've got plenty of wide receivers, but not that many running backs. But here I'm looking at Kalen Balazs. Uh, our, our report that came out a couple of days ago that Kenyon Drake is not 100% healthy. I think Balazs is poised to pop this year. The only question mark is the pop. The only question mark is that prolific Miami Dolphins offense is any anybody going to be able to produce in that Miami Dolphins offense? But I'm comfortable taking Blas here as my second running back in this kind of weird mock draft that we're doing. Yeah, no, I, I like that pick there. Kalen Blas has a lot of upside, and if he ends up taking that uh, starting role from the injury-ridden Kenyon Drake, well, I guess he's just hurt all the time. He's not necessarily injured. But if he ends up taking that starting role, he's a beast. It's like boot camp. Are you hurt or are you injured? <laughs> if you're hurt, you should be. If you're injured, we need to know about it. Well, I mean, hell, Kenyon Drake will sit on the bench with that hurt feeling all day. And hopefully that allows Kenyon, or Kalen Balazs to break out. Uh, James Washington is my pick for this next one. This is the other guy that I was debating between. So now I'm looking at DJ Moore, Kiki Kuti, and then James Washington, who had a monstrous preseason week one. I, once again, we talked about it. I need to see if he continues to break out and if he continues to show big, big, big receptions. I really like James Washington with this pick. All right, so back to me for receiver. I'm going to go Homer and go Cortland Sutton. Uh, Manuel Sanders is listed as the number one wide receiver in the Denver Broncos offense, but he's also coming off an Achilles. Uh, Emmanuel's going to be the more the the dump stuff, and, and he'll get a lot of PPR production. The dump stuff. The dump stuff. <laughs> uh and at this point, we don't we don't really know what kind of quarterback Joe Flacco is going to be in the Broncos' offense. But Flacco does like to take chances downfield, and when he does, uh, Cortland Sutton is going to be on the receiving end of those. Yeah. So my next pick, and this is going to be the last running back pick for me. I'm looking at uh, Phil Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Sharp Penny, and Ronald Jones. I hate Ronald Jones. I'm not taking him anywhere. I don't care what reports they say about how good he's looking in offseason. I'm not buying it. Uh, Rashad Penny has a lot of potential when it comes to splitting work with Chris Carson. If Chris Carson gets hurt at all, Rashad Penny automatically becomes a top 15, maybe top 18 at the latest running back. Lindsey obviously showed a ton this year. I really, really like Royce Freeman, though. I'm a huge Royce Freeman fan. I think he has a solid base, and he's very safe when it comes to the floor. Uh, I think I'm going to slightly go with Freeman over Penny. I think Penny... If this was an actual draft, I think I'm taking Penny, but we're talking about breakout potential, not actual current talent. We're talking about breakout potential and who can make the biggest leap in year two. And I think Royce Freeman has that upside because he still showed that he can produce last year. I want to say he was still a top uh, 36, if not better, running back. But can he get an end zone more? Can he accumulate more yards? You know, what's going on with the new coaching staff? I think Royce Freeman has a huge potential to break out. Keyword, break out. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Uh, Philip Lindsay got hurt at the end of last year. Uh, obviously had a Pro Bowl season leading up to that injury. But, yeah, the coaching staff talk about how they want to get both guys involved and they want to get Royce Freeman more involved this year and not put as much workload on Philip Lindsay. So when you're talking breakout potential and, and who could pop, I think Royce Freeman right there is a good, good little pick. Awesome. You're up, man. You got a wide receiver left, right? Do you want to go ahead and announce your team real quick right before you pick your last pick? Sure. I got uh, my quarterback is Baker Mayfield. At running back, I've got Kalen Balaj and Darius Geis. Wide receiver, I got Traquan Smith and Cortland Sutton. So that leaves my last pick. Has to be a wide receiver. 
And I think I'm going to go Christian Kirk. There are a lot of good players left on the board at wide receiver. I mean, so we already heard the picks. We have Hamilton, Sean Hamilton. We have Michael Gallup. We have Dante Pettis, Calvin Ridley, MBS, Anthony Miller, DJ Shark, and Antonio Callaway still on the board for second-year players. Christian Kirk, great pick. He showed a lot of potential last year. I believe he had over 800 yards or right around 800 yards receiving, only playing you know, for part of the season as their wide receiver too. This year he could take over as the wide receiver one over top of Larry Fitzgerald. And Kyler Murray and him have played together back in college. They're both used to the same system. They both have played in the air raid system at some point. So that their connection could end up proving to be Christian Kirk's breakout year, possibly over 1,200 yards. We have to see what happens. Yeah, I think Kirk has a lot of potential this year to break out, and that's what this this second-year draft is all about. Who's the next Juju? I think Christian Kirk has, has a lot of upside, especially if Kyler Murray, who I, I've said before, I'm not a huge Kyler Murray fan, uh, but if he's only half as good as what some of these people are saying he's going to be, then Christian Kirk uh, could be poised for a big season. Absolutely. I, I'm a huge fan of Christian Kirk this year. I was slightly Dante Pettis' favor over Christian Kirk, but that's completely got blown out of the water after all the reports recently came out with Dante Pettis. So my last pick, I could wait on a quarterback. So I'm going to go ahead and take my quarterback now, and I'm going to go Lamar Jackson, which you guys know my truther status about Lamar Jackson. I think he has huge upside if he learns how to pass, and reports are that he's done all right with it. But then you watch him in preseason week one, he was just hitting the, you know, dropping dimes on that defense for the most part. Uh, nothing crazy, guys. It is the preseason. You need to keep watching this. But if Lamar Jackson proves that he can even throw within the vicinity of his wide receivers, they are fast enough, they are quick enough to be able to get underneath that ball. Lamar Jackson has huge upside for me. He has huge breakout potential. And once again, that's what this draft is all about. So go ahead and, and your roster again is? Lamar Jackson, uh, Freeman, Royce Freeman, Son of Michelle, DJ Moore, Kiki Kuti, and James Washington. And I've got Baker Mayfield, Darius Geis, Kalen Balaj, Cortland Sutton, Traquan Smith, and Christian Kirk. So who do you think had a better draft? <laughs> well, obviously me, but no, let us know, guys. Make sure you guys leave comments, uh, you know, feedback. Obviously, he crushed it with that Baker pick. He got the number one quarterback, hands down. Um, I feel like my wide receiver stuff ended up holding up. But, yeah, let us know what you guys think. Leave comments, questions, concerns. And I believe this is actually going to wrap it up for us, guys. we got some preseason games to go watch. I'm excited to go check out the Redskins tonight. If you guys need any um, insight on potential over the next two weeks' games, make sure you all listen to our previous podcast. Don't let him fool you. He'll be drunk by halftime. He's a Redskins fan. God, I'll be hammered by halftime once again. But, yeah, thanks, you guys, for listening to the Fantasy Football Intervention. Make sure you guys turn in next week so we can intervene with your fantasy football life. Out. Kiki, did you do? We have a Michael Vick appearance with some dog fighting in the background. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this is what happens. Dump stuff and, and he'll get a lot of PPR production. The dump stuff. The dump stuff. <laughs> Justice Hill, no! They evidently do not know that I'm old and... Absolutely. Dak Prescott, Deshaun Jackson. Did you say Dick Prescott? I said Dak. I thought you said Dick Prescott. And that dick.
those two things were huge. Got really small. It just all of a sudden, boom, it's small. Now it's even smaller. It's so small, and it's somehow you're making it even smaller. I wish you could see this. It was weird. It just it got small all of a sudden. And with a NASA style magnifying lens, we would not be able to read the Oahu. They don't care how hard how how hard it is. They're just going to keep on trying to put the chub right through the middle of the line, right through that hole. Found all the holes. He was a monster. Pretty good mouse. So I have no idea what we just did. <laughs> and honestly, uh, <laughs> when when uh, speaking of that, when Bradley Chubb got uh, drafted by Denver, I was like, man, I've already got a Chubb for Chubb. Oh yeah, absolutely. Such a good sound. Oh yeah, tough one not to take. Dun 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 dun. Ingram. I think it thought that I cussed, and it took me off. I can't type anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so Chase just got banned from the ESPN chat room on our mock. I just put that was a tough one not to take, and I think it thought that I cussed, or maybe I didn't. I didn't realize it. And now I can't type. I can't be part of the conversation for the rest of the league. Nice. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Mike Evans. Uh, you're a huge fan of Mike Evans and God, Mike Williams. I, I'm a huge fan of Mike Williams. God, what the hell? So Chase, for some reason, loves calling Mike Williams Mike Evans and Mike Evans Mike Williams. Oh, Maybe man, one. I have to edit it every time. It's a pain in the ass. So after Mike...